The Mothership Podcast is sponsored by Hawaii Surrogacy Center. Start your family with Hawaii's leading surrogacy agency. said this time and time again, but we really, really appreciate you. Me, Brooke, and Noli, we really appreciate your love and support. It really does mean a lot. And, you know, it's great to see you here. Welcome to Mothership. Hope you guys are doing well out there. You know, we've been so blessed and touched by so many sharings of personal journeys on this podcast. And tonight, we're really grateful for our special guest, Gabby Govea. Gabby is the executive director and co-founder of Let Grace In, a charity that supports families after the death of a child. She felt the sincere desire to restore hope for bereaved families after she and her husband, Kael, lost their own five-year-old son, Grayson, to an aggressive brain cancer in 2016. And since then, Gabby has helped many families heal and find ways to move through grief. So we want to welcome Gabby Govea to Mothership. Thank you so much, Gabby, for being here with us. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be with you, ladies. Yeah, it's so good to see you. And I have to share with all of our listeners that I personally know Gabby because you're fellow Spartans. We graduated from Marino. <laughs> yeah, um, Gabby is actually my sister's classmate, right, Gabby? Yes, yes, yes. So Monica and I were friends and... Oh. And we're like, oh, Stephanie's on TV now. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and my parents actually live in Pa'oa, right oh near, gosh. yeah, where you grew up in. Kidding. Yeah. Oh, small world. Okay, and then you guys want to hear even a more like kind of kind of coincidental story. So as you guys all know, we were supposed to do this podcast last week, right? But then because of a scheduling conflict, we had to reschedule to this week. Well, lo and behold, um, you know, on Memorial Day, our reporter was out and about and happened to bump into, of all people, she met Gabby. And oh. Gabby was able to share some of her story with our reporter. And we did a story, you know, with Gabby and incorporating, you know, just all of Memorial Day and the lantern floating ceremony, how th things have changed because of the pandemic. So I almost kind of took that as a sign that Gabby, you were really meant to share your story. I, I mean, I'm like, wait, wait, who did you talk to again? She's like, oh yeah, this really, really nice, sweet girl named Gabby. And, you know, she shared everything about, you know, her charity. And I'm like, Gabby Govea, <laughs> we're going to talk to her. So it's just, it is such a sign. I mean, you're really meant to share your story. And, you know, you already have because your charity has been established for several years now, right? And you have a, a network of volunteers already. You've reached out to families. But, you know, okay. I'm, I'm interested to talk about how Let Grace In all started. And I know that, you know, you and I have been friends on Facebook. And when you and your family were going through that difficult time, you, you were somewhat open about it. You shared some things on Facebook. And, you know, from what I gathered, I just 
really saw such an amazing, amazing mother. You're rock solid. You know, you were there for him during those times. You were a guiding light. And you, you're, you, you seem to just really hold down everything, you know, make sure everything is okay. And you're very reassuring. And I wanted to ask you, you know, through all that process and from what you are showing us and maybe from what we gathered, what can you share about what was the hardest part of that time in your life? Well, there's so many hard moments, right? When you watch somebody you love so dearly, especially your child, go through a cancer diagnosis and surgeries and pokes and sedations and just, I mean, it's overwhelming. Um, I think the hardest part is similar to parenting where you're, you're not in control. You know, you go through life and you realize like, oh, I can try and do all the right things. I can read all the right things and do these things, but um, we really only control two things, your effort and your attitude. Um, and I think that that was a really big, huge learning curve for me because I had to figure out through the process how to trust, how to surrender to the moment, how to surrender that I'm not in control. And my background is ICU nursing. So I was a nurse for 15 years in the intensive care unit prior to this. And when Grayson started vomiting, I knew in my mother gut and as a trained professional that something wasn't right and that something was very wrong. And when we took him to the pediatrician, um, you know, I wanted to believe that everything was okay and the vomiting was related to something else. I saw like weird eye movements um, that are often related to like brain injuries. Um, I've taken care of, you know, brain surgery, brain tumor patients, brain bleeding with strokes. Um, and I, I knew in my gut something wasn't right. And so um, even leading up to the diagnosis, but I think that out of control feeling, that feeling like no matter what I, what I do, whatever, what I read, what I research, um, that the truth was that this was a cancer that had no cure and had, it was inoperable and had no um, standard of treatment. Um, and so that definitely was the hardest part to be able to just surrender to whatever was meant to be in this situation. <laughs> And for our listeners who may have heard some kitties in the background, um, Gabby actually has two, two girls, two daughters as well. She and her husband, Ka'el, um, at their um, Wanalua home. There's one of them. And yeah, of course, you guys can't see the video, yeah. but this, uh, this usually Charlie. always happens when you have those, those young, curious ones. Hi there. Is this Charlie or? This is Charlie. Um, ah, she's a youngest. She's four years old. Uh, and so she's just going to start kindergarten at Marino actually, too. She's going to be another gold-blooded Spartan here. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Is that your gymnast? gymnast? Yeah. She was taking gymnastics up until COVID started. But today she's like, let's do workout. We do those like <laughs> Apple workouts on our TV. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but you know, the day got away from us. And so she remained still in her clothes. I changed out of mine for yours. <laughs> um, but, but at some point we will, we will make that part of, you know, we try to make that part of our, our routine when we can. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Hey, Charlie. Hi, Daddy. Charlie. <laughs> Why is this one? So cute. She has okay, smile. Go back and see daddy because you know what? I'm on this important call. <laughs> and when I have the door shut, that means that it's mommy's time to be on the call. Okay. This is what goes viral. I'll anyways. come on right oh, after, so okay? The viral I videos, know. right? When yeah. it's natural. Yeah, it's yeah. Real, it's real, real life. Is the mothership. Everybody's the on board. Mother. And Gabby is a busy mom, you know. So yep. she was going to say that she has a background in nursing. And she's been a nurse for, geez, I don't know how many years now, but just this year, actually, recently, Straub awarded and named Gabby Nurse of the Year 2021. So, you know, congratulations oh, on another congratulations. Whole little shout out. That is really Thank awesome. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, um, my award was the emphasis on community stewardship. So it really revolves around the work that I do at Let Grace In. Um, I've been a nurse for 21 years now, but I did take a break after Grayson died because I needed kind of that that shift and I pivoted out of the ICU because um, there is a lot of death and dying there and you know um, I I feel so much now um, and and just need needed to have a pivot in my career in my nursing career so yeah, yeah. I work mostly in the cardiac unit now so we do um, a lot of procedures on the heart and I love it's my favorite organ and I love the girls I work with. Like Strava is just a phenomenal place to work too. I love all the people there. It's small enough where you get to know everyone. It's kind of like Marinol, you know, where it's like small enough where you're a family, um, but we're a hospital that really can take care of you really well. My awesome. brother-in-law works there in the ER. <laughs> in the ICU, I think too. Is he a cardiologist? Like maybe we are not supposed to talk about this. Oh, no. Do you know Dr. Eric, Dr. Eric Itaman? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And our kids played sports together. Oh, small, yes. small, smaller yeah. world. This is just, Hawaii. yeah, yeah. It is, that's Hawaii for you. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Yes. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. We love their family. Be kind to everybody. Yes. 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 <laughs> But, you know, I mean, again, Gabby, I'm just so glad that you're here, you know, sharing your story with us because, um, you know, it, it just, for me personally, I was just really, I, I, I just, I have to say again that you're just an amazing mom. I mean, you're just amazing rock and, and it, it's only human that you just explained that you needed to take a break and you needed time away from that. Um, but earlier you were talking about how you had to struggle with surrendering and that is just so hard because I mean just as a mom and knowing what you know as a medical professional I mean surrendering surrendering is the definition of that is almost like giving up but like how did you see it different much different and and that is the common notion of surrender but um to me I feel like this, this journey invited me into an opportunity to question what is a meaningful life? What do I believe? Um, what is my truth? And when, when your human strength is not enough, you definitely need to turn to the supernatural. And so my relationship with God, um, 
on a personal level is something that I never ever had before. Um, and you know, there's a concept called broken open where you're just so um, desperately broken um, that you are more open. Um, and I think that there was a point where Grayson was sick. It was not that far in. Um, it was excruciatingly, unbearingly painful. And I remember having this conversation with God and being like, okay, I don't get it. I don't know why I'm here. I don't understand. Like Grayson is the sweetest kid and he is struggling with this like, oh, brain cancer. And the doctors are saying he's gonna die. I can't do this without you. I need help. Like I'm in, tell me what to do. I knew that I needed to partner with something much greater and bigger and who better than the creator of the universe, right? So this was a very spiritual experience for me. Um, I grew up Catholic because I went to Maranol and our family went to church every week, but I never had this kind of really intimate personal relationship with God until Grayson got sick um, and it tore all my walls down. And the surrender was in just this moment where it's just like, okay, um, I'm all out of human strength. And so whatever you need me to do, please speak loudly and clearly so that I can walk this path because I have two other children. I have to show up for Grayson. I have to deliver him meds 24 hours. I need to be you know, as present as possible. Um, and he's never let me down. And, and even the relationship that I still continue to hold with Grayson now and this partnership with heaven is the way that let Grayson just came about and continues to grow um, and continues to just be this like heaven and earth masterpiece kingdom work. Um, and so I guess that's the big secret behind all of it, which is, you know, not really a secret. And we all have access to this creator of the universe, but there's so many things in society where um, we're battling, right? And people have used God's name, the church, um, for all of these nasty things that you, you don't want any part of. And if you think that's what God is, then, um, you know, that's not the truth of the matter. And I think the only way is for us to seek out ourselves personally, who is the creator? Who is he? How do I get to know him? How do I um, forget everything I've ever heard about church and God and find out for myself, like how can I connect with him on a personal level? And this is what has brought me through and maybe what you may have witnessed as strength um, because I felt very weak in the process and I felt very broken. Um, but I think feeling these deep, painful feelings is part of showing up for life wholly um, and truly and living fully. Um, and I think that is the surrender piece and actually the strength piece, in my opinion. Feeling all the feelings is the strength. You know, I wanted to ask you, did Grayson play a role in helping you as well during these difficult times? There's something about children, you know, you might see the fire and the flames and danger. They might see, oh, it's so bright, you know, and it looks so cool or whatever. They have a different way of seeing the world and experiencing it. 
and feeling things than we do. And you did share some moments, you know, about maybe how he interpreted things, but can you share those with us? Yeah, I'd love to. Absolutely. Grayson was, um, he was the leader. He was, you know, the one leading the battle. Um, his, his faith attitude, his strength, his um, peaceful warrior type Buddha-ness, especially at the end, was really inspiring. And I think the love that we shared too, um, just really knowing um, our love for each other and moving through this and holding each other in that space and allowing for us to be too scared in that, hopeful in that, um, all the feelings in that. Um, you know, he played such a big role at that very end, um, especially for me personally, because he would say these little things where it was as if I knew he was connected to something greater and and he was sharing with me like I am loved you know um, by this unconditional divine perfect love and you are and we are and we're all connected and and that's the thing and I couldn't understand all of it at the beginning it's taken so much work and time to really be like oh light bulb you know there's something else like oh my god but he was definitely in touch um, I do feel like we were meant to live our lives together um, and that he was definitely meant to help me along um, and to help me kind of bloom in my own life. And um, some of the things that he said to me that will stick with me forever, he was in the shower. One of the first things he ever said, he was in so much pain. He had all these kidney stones. He couldn't lose it. I said, we were trying to bathe him and he was in so much pain. And as a mom, you're just witnessing this like awful, un you know, out of control feeling where you just, you want to help your child so bad. He's in so much pain. And we're just, we're just trying to do a simple shower. And it's like, Grayson, I'm so sorry. I can't take away the pain. I, I can't do anything. I, I'm so sorry. I just can't. And he's like, you know, mommy, sometimes you can't help the things you have to go through. And I was like, wow, what? You know, my five-year-old child ended up turning into this like Buddha boy, um, sharing that, you know what? Life, sometimes we, I mean, we can't help the things we have to go through. Um, I always remember that still. And those words have stayed with me forever. Um, the, I usually also share like the very last words that he had for me was just, you know, like, um, mom, don't worry. Oh, I love you so much. Don't worry. And he could barely talk. He actually had to muster up so much energy at the end um, to even say anything at all. But I think he really wanted me to know, like, it's, it's going to work out. Continue to fight. Like, keep doing the same things. Keep showing up tiny breath by breath like in this moment just right now he, he just wanted me to like believe don't worry just believe like don't be afraid of all this pain and the battle you have to go through don't be afraid of all these things that hurt so much you know like don't worry that reassurance um and from your child that you're witnessing and he's dying and he's wanting to make sure that you're okay. It's just like, what a gift to have this, this child 
how how was it even, I mean, as a parent to tell your son about the diagnosis? And how do you explain that to such a young child? And I mean, how do you even let them know? Yeah, yeah. So um, thank God for Kapiolani Medical Center and the entire team. Um, they have child life. We actually have a child life specialist, Ashley Wolf, on our team as well. But they come in and they help teach the child about cancer, about the tumor. And they use toys. They use, um, like, it was like this squishy ball of um, little foamy dots and and they put it in the head and they said, well, this is, you know, cancer and it multiplies and gets out of control, but they say it in kid talk. So they speak kid and they come in and they share. And, and then he's like, oh, okay. And it's so matter of fact that he was able to just say, I have brain cancer and this is, you know, how it is. And this is what it means and share with other people. And people would be blown away with like, oh my God, your son just like shared about all this stuff, you know, because us, grown-ups right in air quotes we have that really uncomfortableness with this stuff um and kids kids can just share if we share with them in a matter-of-fact way that these are the facts and this is what's happening then they can say oh okay but if we attach all of the scary feelings and all of the things that make them afraid they catch on to that too so we were led by a team of professionals um, who know how to speak kid, who know how to, and, and he would ask and we would be truthful and we would tell him and we just did the best we could. Um, but thank God for the support of Kapiolani, the oncology team, um, our physician Wade Kiono is just, oh, we love him so much. He also serves on our board at Let Grayson. We just um, would do anything for him. We just, their team just was stellar in leading us through. Now you've heard of the saying, time heals all wounds, time heals. Is that true? It's not true. It's actually one of the things that society tells us, um, but it's actually the actions within that time that we do. Um, and in, in grief recovery, which is one of the things that we offer at Let Grayson, we share about how um, if you had a flat tire and you're on the side of the road and if you just sat next to it and waited it to inflate, like how would that go, right? And it's actually about the action steps to take. And I mean, that's a very simple way to explain something. Um, and we share about grief in that way, but it's actually a series of correct choices done by the griever, you know, that ends, you know, in, in healing and restoration in um, moving through the emotions and actually moving beyond just that painful experience into life again. Um, so there are, you know, time heals all things is, is actually, you know, missing the point that time heals if you do a lot of small correct actions along the way. Right, and so for people who might be going through that, um, what are some of the steps? Um, I guess maybe you mentioned it earlier, but first of all, coming to terms and recognizing it, you know, dealing with your emotions, understanding them, but also understanding the facts too, and just surrendering yourself 
to that? Is that one of the steps? Yeah, you know, I think that grief um, and this process is so unique and so individual for every single person that, um, you know, like each one of us in our lives and our own stories, you can't really share one way for everyone because like most things, it doesn't work even like parenting. There's so many different things. So I think recognizing that every single relationship is unique and individual is one of the steps. Um, and I think that really sinking down and asking yourself about what's working, what's not working. And then also, um, you know, am I ready? Am I ready to seek out healing and restoration? You know, if you have that sincere desire to move past the pain, that does not mean forget your child because that doesn't happen. You love them. You're going to love them forever. You're always going to have some missing. You're always going to have some sadness. This is, you know, a process where you get to know that as well, right? It's like, if you've never lived through the experience before, how do you possibly explain to someone else? But there is a personal process. And I think that it has to do with deciding to show up for it and deciding to want to live differently and live better. And I think that's the way with most pain, you know, like if you were to take any painful relationship or any painful experience, um, and that I think grief is misunderstood because it's actually any change of normal pattern of behavior, like any conflicting emotions, things like moving, divorce, you know, loss of pets cause so much grief. I mean, we've experienced so many changes in COVID, the way we go to work, the way we go to school, the way we go to the grocery store, the way we like interact and socialize with people, you know. Um, so many things, all of that, those changes of normal patterns of behavior can cause grief. And so our society is grieving so much more than death. And we don't always recognize that. Um, so I'm a firm believer in, um, you know, getting into that, feeling it all, pulling back the layers, because um, we've all got emotional baggage and it's okay. I mean, that's a normal human experience, but, you know, with social media and it's and TV and the just the messages of the world are like, make it look pretty and make it look easy. But, you know, um, I think the truth, the stuff that really matters and a really meaningful life is really about showing up for all the things. And so. I like... Thank you, Gabby. That was well and beautifully said and well explained. So do you think like feeling broken and accepting that is a first step? And um, can you, if, you know, just beyond that, your foundation that Grace in, how do how, someone seeking out, they, they contact you, what, what are, what can they expect to go through with, with your foundation for, um, for help or support? Yeah, thank you. So on our homepage, we have an area that says, like, are you a grieving parent? And there's a space in there to sign up. So if you do that, then I'll personally reach out to you. Um, I'll offer to do a Zoom. We'll, we'll have an opportunity to just like build a little bit of trusteeship, share some if, if someone wants to. And then I also let you know, like the three main programs that we offer. So they're broken down into monthly events. Um, we're finally doing some in-person 
um, but we also have been doing them virtual during COVID. So we're kind of in a hybrid right now. Um, and then second, and, and those are led by somebody in our team. Um, we have, like I mentioned, a child life specialist. We have um, an art therapist who's also a licensed marital and family therapist. Um, we have a la'au, lafa'au, green medicine, traditional Hawaiian medicine therapist who does lomi lomi. Um, we have, you know, some people in our, in our group. Um, my mom's a holistic nurse. She's been helping us out and teaching us tapping and techniques and stuff like that. So, and then I got certified in grief recovery, so I can share some about that stuff. But um, so therapeutic monthly groups, um, that's once a month. And then second would be the hope retreat. Um, and so that's extended time together. Um, we also have a video of that on our website, on the homepage. And we do all of those things in an extended period of time. So what happens a lot of times in monthlies is we get kind of our vibration into this like space where we're sharing and we're open to these feelings and we're there, but then the time does eventually end. Where at retreat, we have several days to kind of like stay in that space and really get vulnerable and do the hard grief work together build relationships. Our mission is to um, foster the whole person, the physical, the mental, the spiritual, the emotional, and then to also build community. So all of these things do that. Um, and then the most recent thing that we started was a grief recovery method. And I've been sharing some educational points on this. So it's an educational class. Right now, right now I'm doing seven week classes over Zoom. It's all virtual. And there's a book to read, there's homework to do. And um, this is for somebody at the beginning or further in. So that's what I love about this part of it. If someone is private and not really ready to come into the group or share their story with other people, that this would be just like building a relationship one-on-one, -on -one, explaining some of the myths that you know were taught, going through specific stages, theories, um, things that, that are helpful to know, like, what am I doing to relieve this emotional energy right now? You know, identifying patterns and behaviors that we're doing, and then also moving very specifically into um, completing the emotional pain um, at the end in this relationship with someone we've lost. And so that that's kind of the main three things that we do um, at Let Grayson. Gabby, you know, seeking help takes a lot of courage, you know, for some, and I know that you explained earlier that, you know, for some who want to be private, but, you know, for our listeners out there, um, there are a lot of folks that, that like to keep it to themselves, that like to, you know, carry on with life thinking that it'll be okay, that I can do this, and not really releasing any of the grief that is building up within them or the feelings that they have. What would you say to those people that are listening right now about the importance of really going through the grieving process? And, and I don't want to use the word the right way or going through the grieving process properly, because as you said, it's different for everyone. But why is it beneficial to take that step versus keeping it all to yourself and saying, I'm going to deal with it on my own? Yeah, I think um, that's a great question. I think that you should do what works for you. So you know yourself the best and you will um, start to know, I have very little energy and the things that are working um, is seeking out professional therapy. Is that, does that make it feel better? Just seeking out a group, journaling, exercising. Um, you know, I did a ton of hiking 
after Grayson died, especially the first year, I did a lot of reading books. I did a lot of podcast listening. These are all things that you can do. Um, the, the hard thing is, is that grief is isolating. Um, and I think there's a lot of value in being with someone else. And it doesn't have to be our group and it doesn't have to be other grievers. It can be a close friend. I had a few very close friends that were, oh, God, so instrumental in my healing and just allowed me to cry, allowed, just witnessed me where I was, was not trying to fix me in any way, um, but, you know, helped me to process. And I'm a verbal processor, so I talk a lot. And my name is Gabby, and I'm married to Portuguese, and my last name is Govea. So this is something for myself that I've learned and that it works for me. But, you know, I needed a lot of friends and people and lunches and hikes and things that I needed. To, and, and, and I felt so much better after listening to certain podcasts, reading certain books. I had light bulbs go off. And then when you're ready, you know that places like Let Grace In are available. When you do feel like it's the right time and place, then you can reach out. You can try um, I mean, I think that was the thing. The year after Grayson died, I told myself, I'm going to do all these uncomfortable things, no matter what. I'm going to say yes. And the things that I don't like or that are no longer for my highest good or benefit me or are helping me, I won't do anymore. But the things that are, I will do. And at, at some point, eventually, you find the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And maybe life is built that way, where we are offered an invitation when we're ready for what we need. Um, personally, I found a church, I go to Blue Water Mission, that like had a built-in community um, Ohana groups that met and people who were like vulnerable and open and and were also going through life and being real about it and having these like meaningful conversations and that felt good to me but I think that you do have to listen and sincerely ask yourself am I willing to get uncomfortable for my healing am I will what am I willing to do um, and what is actually helping and then do more of that so I hope that helps a little bit. That, yeah, it does, Gabby. I have a question too. You know, so obviously you, you have your role as a mom and then you're also a wife and a daughter and, a, you know, you have all these different roles to play. So for folks listening and going through it and everyone is going to process it differently, right? The whole thing, yeah. it's, 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 it's hard. Does, do you folks also provide support to help folks navigate their relationships, you know, might change with your spouse or your friends or your just navigating that as everyone processes it very differently. Is there, is there a lot of help needed for that? And do you guys provide that as well? Um, yes. And there are a lot of people in the community professionals designed for play therapy. My daughter went to play therapy, art therapy. Yes, we do have professionals. We have licensed therapists, but that is not really actually what we're providing we're pri providing a safe space for people to come together and if it, it happens to be in conjunction with professional help yes even better that's what I found for myself mm -hmm. but we do you know include the whole family and especially at retreat and we do have you know child life specialists for the kids and you know people who work mostly with adults or the both of them um, and I think that if you are willing to share and talk um, and be open, then, then I think working on yourself actually 
helps you be a better all those things and mm. if everybody is focused on working on themselves it in turns naturally changes behaviors and relationships and connections and so um I think always working on yourself always ends up good because yeah. you know and that ends up working on your marriage working on your I mean this is just what I found personally too working on myself moving through the grief process like being more aware about myself my feelings my boundaries um oh my goodness I have a grieving child and a grieving husband because it's very difficult when you're both grieving to support each other Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and I think that's why help from somewhere else is important and maybe you meet a family where you totally connect and then like you have play dates and barbecues and you do things outside of let Grayson. fantastic that's the building community portion you know we connect you with other people and we do have our families who have their own personal relationships outside of our events and that's fantastic so um you know the the children we do have um special events for our kids too we had a family game night we talked about feelings we did Jenga where you like pull out you know and there's prompts and stuff in there and then that's something the whole family and then that's also something like once a month pull out the Jenga or when the kids are saying like hey can we play that game again you'd Mm -hmm. be surprised that kids really actually want to do that work with you and want to have that like more meaningful conversation and that moment to talk and it sort of gives families a safe way to like do that at home you know right now we're actually working on a children's book as well so we're writing a book that's gonna launch and come out and help families at home kind of like talk about the grieving process and I don't know about you but I've read a lot of uh, certain children's books where it like went oh light bulb for me or like I understood something different or better or it really touched me deeply um, and had significance for me too so it will come with a, a caregiver guide so there'll be some information like as the parent the tutu the grandpa whoever the caregiver is um, you know to read and understand more about what's actually happening in the book and how to break it down and um, intellectualize some of the things that are there but you know, like our specialists say, like, it's child led. So a lot of times the child's going to tell you, they're going to show you. Um, and, and the same in your relationship, and you can share and it's so dynamic and different. Um, there's just so much to all of it. But I think just showing up, deciding, you know, that you really want something um, healing, a change, something I hate to say better, but different, more, um, you know, but it is, it is, it is a way to move beyond just the pain into something um, shifted, you know, a new perspective. Um, And, you know, obviously taking with you all of the memories and love of whoever you're missing. And I I feel like there's so much, I think there's so much knowledge. Yeah, there's so much knowledge in just that statement you said it applies to a lot of things right is that if you do the work yourself and you really truly want to make yourself better it it it'll expand to everything every other role and every other partnership or whatever you have in your relationship right in your life because as a mom I think all of us can agree that the first thing you do is okay is everybody else okay right so to have that that intuition to say no I have to work on myself first and to be strong enough to create boundaries you know, that's where, that's where the healing has to start. So that's such a huge piece of knowledge. 
Thank you. Like for me, for me, I didn't even know I had anger because I didn't feel like an angry person. I wasn't angry, and I took this workshop, and then I'm like, oh, I'm angry when I yell at the kids, and I'm like oh, losing my patience because I told them five million times, and like there's, you know, it's like, man, you know, and and then it just builds an awareness, and then you yell, and you're like, oh, ooh, I'm doing that angry thing, you know, and then. <laughs> It just is little, right? We have to have grace for ourselves. It's real life, right? And yes. we're overwhelmed. There's a million things to do. And then you add grieving on top of it. It's hard, man. The hardest job I've ever had is to grieve my son and to try and show up for my other children and my husband and love them as hard as I can with a broken heart. Mm-hmm. But I am not going to give up because I... I want to do better and I want them to be okay. And I want them to have a mom who's fully present. And I don't, I know what it's like for someone to die. And then you regret not stopping cleaning the house to like play trucks on the ground for just a few minutes, you know, like, and so I want to take that knowledge and experience and say, okay, how do I make it better for my other children that are here that I can pause for? And I'll tell you right now, I am far (laughs) from perfect mom and I have so much work to do, but I can say that the effort I've put in these last five years have felt like I've made a difference and that I have changed and I have learned and you know, I hope that my girls grow up knowing that I tried my best to show up for them the best that I could. And, you know, they'll probably be in therapy for all kinds of things. Anyway, it's fine. It's normal. I think we all internalize things from our childhood, but like, you know, maybe we'll be able to talk about that easier and that'll be the win, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, you're, you're talking about how you're, you tried so hard and Uh, You saw the changes these past five years, but I think it's just so incredible and so remarkable that you took it upon yourself to create such a valuable resource for others, not yourself, but for others and the community. And I think that is amazing. I think that the fact that that flower bloomed from your pain and it's, it's grown so much, you know, and it's helping so many other people. And you mentioned grieving can be so isolating. And the fact that now we're spreading awareness and you're spreading awareness of this valuable resource that they can turn to. It's just, it's just incredible. And I I just, just want to thank you for that so much. And just your giving of that. And I can't help but think that a lot of that has like the embodiment of grace and spirit, you know, mm. that's, that's also him speaking through you. And I just, Absolutely. I'm so touched by that so much, you know, I'm sure that a lot of families have told you, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's actually like my deepest pleasure to find purpose in this way. Um, and, you know, I think all of us really 
at the core of us desire a, a job or work or a space to really be the best part of ourselves in the world. And I feel like Let Grayson, even though it's been tremendous work, that it is immensely rewarding and that it does feel like my grief has been fuel for this incredible mission. Um, and that I love these, everyone. I actually love people. I love all of our families. And it just, I just, I'm honored to witness them. I'm honored to provide any sort of um, help or connection, you know, in this journey of unbearable pain. I mean, it's like nothing else. It'll just take you out. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm the one who's truly grateful yeah. for the families for trusting us and for showing up and just doing it together. It just, it's really amazing. But, you know, you're also a sign of hope, you know, I mean, if you can get through this, then for those that are listening out there, it's going to be hard, like you said, but you can do it, you know, just like you have and every, you'll go through it differently whatever you're going through. But just, I mean, thank you for, for just showing us and sharing with us just the path that you took, because I think that'll be so helpful to so many people out there, especially because a lot of people just keep it inside, you know, and yeah. maybe don't want to really share about it, but you are such a, a, such a sign of hope as well. And we're going to turn to you to ask if you could share an inspirational quote. Yeah, sure. Um, a lot through my grief journey, um, I listened to NPR and I'm not sure if you know Krista Tippett, but she does On Being on Sundays and um, there are so many good like fruits and oh, so wise. And so um, there's a quote from Krista Tippett that I like to share. It's hope like every virtue is a choice that becomes a practice, that becomes spiritual muscle memory. It's a renewable resource for moving through life as it is, not as we wish it to be. And I love how she talks about how um, hope as a virtue and, and actually hope being work in the sense that it's a practice that comes and it's spiritual muscle memory how to flex it and do it and flex it and do it. I love that because I, I totally believe in that. But then it's a renewable resource and, and, and we want to move through life in this certain way, right? But life doesn't really lead us there. Like we just had this idea like, oh, when we get here, that's no, but to use hope in that way to like go through life right now as it is, the way it is in the present moment, the way it's being presented to us. Um, I think that's super, super important. We always come back to being just in this moment right now. And I think that's how I've survived and gotten through so many very difficult moments, which just focused on this breath and this moment and didn't jump ahead to that anxiety provoking thought of the journey ahead and things that were just not helpful. So I love this quote by Krista Tippett. She's awesome. Jeez, it seems like you really gained a whole new like pair of eyeglasses, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I mean, grace and goggles. Yeah, there you go, grace yeah. and goggles. I mean, just what a shift of view 
of the world and and you know hearing you say those things I'm like trying to comprehend it I'm like oh that's so beautiful but I think that's so hard because again I mean you're just like gotta fight back from like distractions and like what your expectations are telling you and saying no let's just go with the flow and you know see what will be and almost kind of like in line with everything will be okay and trusting it Mm -hmm. yeah that's part of the surrender right it's that practice and even once you've done it once before you have to constantly remind yourself right you have to constantly like shift and like oh I need to like focus on some self-care or do some other stuff because I'm you know getting into that other space again you know and then it's like oh what's on my to-do list okay what's really important I'm constantly working on that stuff all the time all the time reshifting just you know recentering and trying to remember you know it's hard such a challenge well thank you for being a hope out there for for us as mothers and for other listeners who may be going through something really difficult right now um i like yeah like you said it's like breath by breath moment by moment and that's how you can stay stay on that track towards healing you'll never be fully um healed but you can take every moment and try right you have nothing left to do but try or do yeah but yeah and thank you gabby so deep and just you know just life lessons on top of all that things that we're talking about with with that grace in and and what you do it's just life is life is wonderful and let's remember every moment right so man i appreciate your i i couldn't talk a lot because it was rough but thank you so 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 powerful so powerful and thank you for being there for our community and 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 being a resource thank you yeah i wanted to say too thank you gabby for your time i know you must be so busy and so many things i'm gonna take away from this conversation is just um you know, things like you said, you know, I was invited to, to have the opportunity, opportunity to really evaluate and define what having a meaningful life means. And just to have that perspective on, in such a hard situation is mind boggling to me as a mom and as a, as a female. So I'm, I'm going to take that with me forever after this and also just talking about using grief and hardship and whatever hard stuff as your fuel right is it's that's a there's so much power in that so thank you for that um but please and also keep us posted on the children's book i feel like it should be called a human's book because it probably applies to everyone so we shouldn't pigeonhole (laughs) because everyone can learn from it right so please keep us posted and um yeah we'd love to happy to see that when it comes out too but thank you for your time and knowledge and light Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say uh from a childhood friend to another childhood friend and even a family friend and watching you grow up to you know this woman that you've become and this awesome mom i'm just so proud of you i really am gabby i'm not kidding like and i know my parents too like if they were here and listening, they just be like, right on, Gabby. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes, they that's would. Gabby, you know, that's Gabby. <laughs> so like, just like, seriously, girl, like, I am proud of you. And, you know, I'm proud of everything that you've accomplished. And 
you deserve it too. I mean, it's just, you're just so amazing. Like if I was there with you, I'd be like, you know, like big hug and whatever. Uh, yeah. Seriously. I mean, I'm just so proud of you and happy for everything that has come to fruition with even let grace in and thank you so much, you know, and I'm know that all of our listeners are saying thank you too, you know, because this is just such a valuable resource. Thank you for offering up your time, for giving of yourself. You're a mom with two young girls and, you know, a wife too, and you're so busy and you're a hardworking nurse, but yet you find the time to help others. I mean, like, gosh, like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Just thank you so much for being here. I, I really loved getting to talk to you and, and hearing about your journey so much. Yeah, thank you, ladies, so much. It really was a pleasure to be here with you guys and just appreciate this opportunity. Thank you so much. And if there's any grieving families who want to get in touch with us, please visit our website. It's letgracein.org. Um, and please click the sign up button at the bottom and you can contact us. So all of our information is there. We would really love to just... Um, connect with you and offer you whatever feels healing at Let Grace In. Thank you so much, Gabby. And again, it's let, L-E-T, let grace, G-R-A-C-E, in, I-N. I spelled that correctly, right, guys? <laughs> yeah, Marinol, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Spartans. All good. All Spartans. <laughs> All good. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Mothership. Again, thank you so much to Gabby Govea for sharing her story with us and about her Let Grace In Foundation. You can check out that website for more information and you can also stay in touch with us also on our Facebook page, Mothership, M-U-T-H-A-S-H-I-P. Until then, we'll see you next week, everybody, but take care, be well, and sending you love and hugs. Aloha. Aloha. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, Gabby. Thank you. Yes, we're gonna break them down.